to the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Hey, and welcome back to Chair 2 Leaders. We're glad to have you listening in with us this week. I am Ben South here with my good friend Danny Smith, and we're going to have a great conversation today. I hope we are anyway, Danny. Uh, I think it's going to be great. It'll be fun. But I think they're all great. I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm a little biased about the the whole thing, but I think they're all great. It's it's, (laughs) It's fun. But before we get into that conversation, Danny, tell them about our great sponsor. Well, you know, the reason we can have these great conversations that are life-changing for so many people is that we have a fantastic sponsor. Central Baptist College has been so good to sponsor uh, Chair 2 Leaders. Uh, If you're looking to uh, find a place for your college education, maybe you started school, didn't finish, maybe you've got kids going to college, CBC offers a wider range of degree programs, degree options, everything from continuing your education to starting it fresh. They will help you find the uh, advisors to talk to, financial help to talk to. Just go to cbc.edu. You can schedule a lot of appointments that way, and Central Baptist College will help you um, reach your goals both in ministry and really just in life. They have so many degree programs. Ben, I mentioned it a few weeks ago when we visited there for one of my kids, um, just how many degree programs that they do have. So cbc.edu, go there and you can find out more information and you can always reach out to Ben and I and we're glad to help point you in that direction as well. So CBC is a great place to take a look and we're glad that they're our sponsor. Yeah, we're thankful for them, and especially that degree program they have that allows you to finish your degree. And maybe you started somewhere else or you have gotten a few hours and life circumstances got in the way and maybe you need a new plan uh, and you've got to shift what you're planning is. So their PACE program is a great way to mm. complete that. And so while I think CBC is a great place to go is be your initial plan A, it can also be your contingency plan or your plan B if life situations have changed. You know, it's funny because you bring up this contingency plan or plan B and I think we all know from uh, being in ministry for many years that there's one thing that you got to have. You got to have a backup plan. We're talking more than just being flexible on a mission trip when things don't necessarily go your way. We're talking about even more than just uh, maybe an event that didn't quite go as planned. We're talking about when things genuinely interfere with the operations, with the ability to execute any ministry, any plans. For example, and Ben, this is just, I'm pulling this out of thin air. Suppose your church in the middle of summer lost three air conditioner units that could potentially cost thousands of dollars. Well, for a church in the South, and I feel like this is really true to life, maybe not, but uh, for a church in the South, something like that can really put an end to any planning, any event, maybe even just the Sunday worship service when, if it's 100 degrees outside, the temperature inside. So yeah, these contingency plans are real rainy day opportunities for us to think through, hey, what do we do if I cannot do what we schedule to do? Yeah, I think that's something we've got to think through in ministry. I think 
when we are planning, when we are going about our week in, week out business, a lot of times we forget that there's some things that could go wrong that we just assume are going to go right. We assume that electricity is going to be on. We assume that there's going to be water to the building. We assume that um, there's not going to be some natural disaster that's going to occur in that area. And most of the time, that's the case. Most of the time we come in, the lights work, the air conditioner's on, the plumbing is working in the building, the people show up, there's nothing that's going to keep it from happening. Probably 99% of the time that's going to happen. But there's always that 1% where something comes up and we need to have a plan. In leadership, people are going to be looking to us to lead in that moment. So there are a lot of different scenarios and we'll talk through a couple of different things. But as a leader, we've always got to have, at least in the back of our mind, a contingency plan or a plan B or what are we going to do on that rainy day when it actually does rain. So you mentioned the air conditioners. We had that issue. It wasn't as much from thin air as you might have alluded, but we had that issue at church this this summer. We had air conditioner issues in several areas. Um, We had our education building. We weren't sure if we were even going to have air conditioning in parts of that building on a weekend coming up. And so we, we hoped parts would come in in time to get it fixed for that. But we had to come up with a contingency plan. Okay, if we get to Sunday morning, it's 100 degrees outside at noon. We can't put people outside in the south. Or we don't have we can't put them in these classrooms because the windows don't open or they don't have windows. There's no air movement. What are we going to do with these groups? Do we dismiss? Do we just cancel that ministry? Do we look for other places to put them in? Do we combine groups in larger spaces that maybe do have the air conditioning? What do we do? So we've got to be thinking through those scenarios that may happen. And I think we've got to be careful not to neglect those when we're doing our normal planning. We've always got to have, okay, if this doesn't work, here's something I can do. So we had to do that uh, this summer with our ministry, with the air conditioner. We, like I said, we weren't sure we were going to have the parts in. Thankfully, it worked and held, and we were able to keep meeting as normal. Most people never knew anything was going on the week we were in the greatest risk of something happening. But we had a plan already. We had worked with our building staff. We worked with other ministers and our leaders in our life groups. I said, okay, we don't know if we're going to have air conditioning this Sunday. But we do not want to dismiss this ministry because we believe it's so important. So here's what we're going to do. One, we're going to need you to be a little bit uh, flexible. And we're going to need you to be filled with a little bit of grace this weekend and be willing to work with others. But here is what we're going to do. We have a plan in place if this happens. So you've got to be able to think through those scenarios. What are some options that you can do? And how can we continue with ministry when what we're accustomed to having isn't available? Absolutely. You know, I was thinking through this as we talked about it uh, and as you're talking about it. And and I kind of went, and this is typical maybe of our ministry background. I went, you know, I think in three, kind of three phases of this. And you're hitting on that about the flexibility option. So I think churches, uh, you know, we talk about, planning. I think uh, churches need to do some planning in a big picture approach. And I I think uh, everything from a financial standpoint that says, okay, are we in our checking accounts, in our funding mechanisms that we use, 
um, if $10,000 worth of bare units go out, if $10,000 worth of flood damage because of insurance um, deductibles that we have to pay. Those are things we need to keep on hand. And, and, and you know, the churches I've been a part of have ranged from uh, churches of a few hundred to churches that are very small. Um, it, you know, where you're at being, you're larger than, uh, you know, y'all are so, several hundred. But anytime you come up with 10, 15, 20, $25,000, that's a big hit to your everyday operating expenses. So I think one of the keys to those options so that people know is that, okay, we're not asking you just to give up your classroom, give up this worship service for this Sunday. We want you to know that in our big picture planning, both from a financial standpoint, from a insurance risk standpoint, from an assessment standpoint, we looked at these scenarios and said, what happens if we lose power? What happens if the building floods? What happens if the building in whatever shape or form is not used? Do we have the finances that we can expedite whatever repairs that we have to do? Do we have insurance uh, plans in place that cover that? You know, you see these insurance commercials that will say things uh, like, hey, if that's uh, if, you, if you've got a uh, cut rate plan, you know, you may pay for that out of pocket. And I think a lot of times uh, churches will just have an insurance plan and go, okay, well, we've got insurance. I must be good. Uh, you know, once a year, take a look at it, just evaluate that and go, the building's a year older. So what does the roof look like? Um, even things like electronics in your uh, soundboard, what happens if it gets struck by lightning and all of a sudden this thing is gone? And so those kind of big picture planning says, hey, we've thought about if these scenario happens. We've looked at our practical insurance plans in place and our monies in the bank. What can we access? You know, sometimes churches will have several different accounts. You know, they'll have kind of their checking account, but they might have, you know, some money markets or CDs or stuff tied up in some foundation. So I think, you know, in order to best serve our church family, the contingency plan says, Hey, we've looked at some real practical things that don't feel real spiritual, but they're very important for us. And then I think another part of that is, okay, people-wise, who in our church is equipped to really do sort of a risk assessment in our church? Like, who could do a walkthrough and say, you know, Pastor, I don't know if you thought about this, but that could be a hazard. For example, being somebody comes to your church Sunday and somebody let the vacuum cleaner out and there's a cord. Now, I don't think this probably happens at Central, but, you know, they trip on this. Now, all of a sudden, maybe maybe there's a liability there that says they had to go to the hospital. And what kind of liability out-of-pocket cost do you have? So I think people who could do a walkthrough and say, man, that display looks great right there, but that that is a disaster waiting to happen. This is so get people who are equipped in your church because they may do this at work. They may have had to do this for some type of family business that they own. Um, let them do a walkthrough and let them assess. So big picture planning, everything from finances, insurance, um, you know, your practical. What if there's a fire in your building during a service? Have you got things listed? And I know these things sound, again, very unspiritual, but put those people in place to say, hey, help us get this assessment going. And then I think just practically, right, is, you know what, if the air units go out, here's our first step. Do I have, if I've got to go take a vote just to get the air unit fixed, we're going to delay this process. So what are some things that we can just do without having to like call a whole church meeting together? And I think that's an important thing. We, we've talked about that recently. We have some what we call, you know, the rainy day funds that a lot of people have for when you have these emergencies. And, and your church needs to have those. 
And so there needs to be a system for just, hey, we do these things. Because like we were talking in the South, when it's 100 degrees outside in the summer, it's not a question whether or not we're going to fix the air conditioner. We really, it's not something we have to vote on because of necessity. It may be because of our bylaws require us to vote on it, but it's going to have to happen if you're going to have people keep coming because you just, you're just going to have to, especially in the culture we live today. But so, so set up your systems if you can. Think through a ways that allow these emergency type things to be done and spent and happened without having to wait and delay if necessary. So you need to have those contingency and listen to you talk and hear the insurance agent coming out and you maybe we need to just do a whole issue episode on uh, talking through insurance liabilities and issues to look out for. So what happens then? What do you do in a contingency plan? And I'm going to speak a little bit from experience here. If you come in on Sunday morning and there is that flood in the sanctuary, we had this happen about uh, probably 12 years ago at our church. We had a a automatic shutoff valve in our baptistry that didn't automatically shut off. And so we had like city water pressure coming into our baptistry for two days that was flooded our sanctuary. We arrived at seven o'clock on Sunday morning and stepped into an inch of water in the hallways in the sanctuary. What do you do? Because here in an hour and a half, you've got several hundred people coming for worship in a room that's flooded with water. Well, do you just cancel? And we didn't want to do that. So well, we hadn't thought about it earlier. We had to quickly come with up with a plan. So in all these areas, if for every ministry we have, if we've got contingency plans or, hey, if an emergency happens, here's what we're going to do. Here's an option. Here's how we can move. So we worked together that morning and we got people, hey, this the people we're going to contact, they're going to start cleaning up the mess. And then we had, okay, we're going to meet in this area of our building. We're going to try and put everybody in our gym facility or a fellowship hall maybe if that's what you've got and we're going to cram everybody in there what are we going to have to do we're going to have to figure out how to do music we're going to have to figure out how to get chairs set up and so we just start putting people on those what are those emergency things that we're going to have to do immediately so uh, have those scenarios in your mind so when it happens that you've got that contingency okay if this happens then we're just going to shift and we're going to do this and we can do that on the Sometimes I think we do that on the little things. Like if you've got an Easter event that's outside, we have a contingency plan for what if it rains that day. And if you don't have a plan for that, you probably should. But we, we know those little things. But we need to have these contingency plans also for the week-in, week-out ministries that we just assume are going to go off without a hitch so that we can um, be ready when something happens because it's going to happen at some point. Something is going to go wrong. Something is going to happen that's going to prohibit things as normal from occurring. And we need to be ready as leaders to point them in the direction and say, okay, we've thought about this. If this was to happen, here's the way we're going. At that point, you really don't have time to sit around and debate. Here's what we're going to do. That morning that we came in, our worship center was flooded with water. We didn't have time to sit around and have an hour meeting and say, well, what are we going to do? What are, somebody had to just lead and say, here's where we're going. Here's what we're going to do. And so as leaders, we've got to be ready in those moments to say, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. So it helps if before that happens that you've got some kind of in your mind or you know write it down. Here's some contingency plans. Here's the things we'd need to make sure and do to help ministry continue in the event of that rainy day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and Ben, you can speak to this for sure. I know in my experience, you know, we had one time 
it was actually between services, uh, a water fountain on the second floor somehow pipe busted. And within a matter of minutes, I mean, it's just spewing water. And uh, yeah, so things happen. So what I have found in those situations are, are a couple of things. One, people are willing to jump in there and help. You know, um, somebody has to make a decision to say, A, it's got to be cleaned up. B, here's what we're going to do in the meantime. But I think people are willing to get in there and help. I think you, I, I think um, any fear of what could be, just know your people are probably going to be willing to help if you will ask them, if you will say, hey, listen, we got to get this clean. Here's what we're going to do. Again, people rally to that. And then I think also people are okay with meeting in a fellowship hall for a Sunday or two if that happens. Um, I, I don't I don't think necessarily we have to be fearful that people are going to somehow uh, you know, blame us or not follow us. I mean, certainly you've always got a negative Nelly in a group that'll think, hey, here's what I would have done. But for the most part, like you said, people are looking for leadership in that situation. They want to know that our leaders have at least even if it's, uh, oh my goodness, the sanctuary's flooded an hour before church, they've at least had a cool head. They stepped back for a second. They made the best possible decision that was A, for God's glory, B, for the good of the church. And through that, um, people will follow. And a lot of times um, people will go, I don't know, when they see you with a shot back and your sleeves rolled up, sometimes you can become more of a pastoral leader to your people in those moments. Uh, than your best sermon and your best day. So these contingency plans are really an opportunity to get some street cred, uh, so to speak, with your people because I, you're, you're cleaning up a overflowing toilet. That'll uh, that'll do a lot for folks. Man, and I didn't even know this was going to come up in this episode when I read it earlier in this week, but I was uh, looking in the book of Judges, and it it said this is not a direct quote, but basically number I think it's numbers Judges five verse two that says when the leaders in Israel led and the people willingly volunteered or served, it it was a blessing to God. So there is an opportunity here when, when leadership opportunities arise in these rainy days and these uh, emergency type situations, leaders need to lead, and when leaders will lead and do what God has called them to do. And the people will follow. And when that happens, when the leaders lead, when the volunteers serve willingly and they, they give of themselves, God gets the glory. Because we are living out what God has called us to do in the order that he's called us to do it. So there's even biblical um, direction there uh, that says, you know, when the leaders in Israel led, the people willingly volunteered. God was blessed. And so God gets the glory when leaders lead and the people serve. So, and yeah, when, absolutely. No, and I think that's a great uh, reminder and great uh, illustration of that because, uh, you know, here's the, here's the thing I, I tell people, you know, as a pastor, um, uh, you know, I'm kind of like Tim the Toolman Taylor. I know enough, and that's a very dated reference. So if you're under like 30, you might be like, who are you talking? Maybe under 40. I don't know. Uh, but the reality is I know enough when it comes to construction type stuff to really get myself in trouble, but that's okay because a, we're asking for help. B we're keeping a calm demeanor and disposition about these things. And just like you said, Ben, as leaders lead, those people will follow. And especially as we lead for God's glory in that, um, we saw this a lot, right. At pandemic, um, I, I can tell you some stories of churches that really thrived during the pandemic and churches that still haven't recovered 
because of it. Um, and more times than not, it reflected back on how leaders led during that time. Um, we are, it's easy to be entitled in ministry sometimes, but contingency plans remind us that at a very human level, we, we have to get in there and sometimes mop up and shop back up and slosh through stuff that are nasty and gross. But knowing that God's going to use it for the good of this church, for his glory. And yeah, I think it's a great biblical example of that. And um, don't be afraid of the contingency plans. They're not fun. They are stressful, no doubt. But if you can do some planning on the front end, um, if you can just keep that, that, that disposition that says, hey, we will get through this and we will find a way, I think people will follow. That's a good word. And all of it at the end, God gets the glory. Well, we thank you for listening to us this week. Um, so go lead. Yeah, lead. go lead. Hey, Ben, any, yeah. what's your worst cleanup story? You know, like, I remember working at a grocery store one time, and of course, the, the vomit, you know, somebody on aisle four. So that was terrible. But any any terrible church cleanup stories um, any, that you can share? Not that I can share. No, they <laughs> I know. So. There was one um, in my. I was wearing a suit that day, and a dear old saint had had some, uh, let's just say, digestive issues. Yes. In the men's room, and had to clean it up, and for the yep. glory of God, it's the only reason. I was able that's to right. Do that. That's right. So, <laughs> yep, that's it. Well, thanks for listening in this week. Hope you have a great week. Make sure you like and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, connect with us on social media. And we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. And make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.